1: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two, Two experts. experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandy Egan. Let's, Let's go, go to court.
2: On this episode, I'll talk about an innocent joke, and I'll be talking about a killer son-in-law. Ew. <laughs> okay, I'm cheating a little okay. here. I've got to tell you, you've got a name from your case here uh-huh. on our little page. Yeah. It sounds familiar, but I can't quite I would be it.
1: shocked if you know this story. Oh, well, I, I, I am shocked anytime you're smart ever. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I would be shocked if you know this story. I think it's pretty obscure. Um, however, I also like have something that's like triggered by this name. So it must be the name of someone else as well. Mm-hmm. It seems fairly common. OK, we might have to bleep this. OK, serial killer. I don't think so. What do
2: you mean you don't? Think oh, my so? case is not about oh. a serial killer. Oh. No.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, my case is not about a serial killer. I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> I really just have a name to present to you all today,
2: and um, you're going to have to Google him, and that'll be your episode.
0: Welcome to 2021,
1: <laughs> right. people. Oh, that's right. Yes. <gasps> well, no, no.
0: I see okay, what I'm you want to do. Anything.
1: I'm not doing anything because we've already been told what a bunch of schlubs we sounded like on the New <laughs> well, Year's we, 2020 episode. Have you re-listened? I went back I didn't, and listened. I haven't listened. Oh. It's pretty cringy. <laughs> we were like, hey, 2020,
2: that's an exciting year. We're going to really have a great time in 2020. Zero so, great times were had in 2020. <laughs> so... Yeah, 2021, 2021 is going to suck. We're not looking forward to just, it. It's just going to... Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> we just set you up for a great year.
1: <laughs> uh, breaking news. A case update that's happening, like, today. As we speak? Well, it already happened. but oh, well. Wow, you could have lied. No one would have known. It happened this morning. People don't know. Well, yeah, people know. Okay. Go ahead. The Blue-Eyed Butcher... <gasps> yeah. Released from prison today. Wow. Yeah. So that's a that's an early case it is. that I covered. I think episode eight or nine. You're going to love the audio quality. It's, Go d- back. Yeah. Wonderful. Worth a listen, though, because isn't that the Cassie Chadwick episode, too? I don't know. That seems about right, though. Yeah. I don't know. You're the one who memorizes anyway, all this stuff. <laughs> anyway. Stabbed her husband 193 times. She was originally sentenced to twenty years no twenty five years in prison it was reduced to twenty after an appeal, and she served i don't know thirteen fifteen something like that
2: but a, like a potential abuse situation yeah it was right? yeah very
1: be... very likely an abuse situation yeah. yes, yeah who out today okay. today I mean it's not cool for people because like this is a week later I you know. know I think it's pretty cool today okay <laughs> Yeah, so she has a couple kids who've been living with the father's family. So interested to see what happens there. There's no way to know. That's not going to be I was public information. Say, <laughs> interested to see what happens there. Do you have surveillance I cameras? cameras? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I've slowly befriended
2: all the kids uh. over the years, and I'm just interested to see how this all goes
1: down with these fake friendships I've no, created. No, I don't. I didn't do any of that. That'd be super fucking creepy. Yeah, it would. But also maybe something I might do.
2: No, you wouldn't. That's like a psychopath. That's like a step past what I would do. Okay, my next book idea.
1: Yeah? Well, No, you don't, you don't want... Shh. Oh. You can't give it away. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Okay. I. Sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. It's to top know. secret. Top you can tell the whole thing and we could bleep it.
2: Okay. My next book idea. Like, what if it was a fictionalized... So it's obviously a novel. Uh-huh. And it's a true crime podcaster who's really stupid <laughs> and creepy. And, like, she thinks she's, like, unsolving, yeah. you know, solving unsolved stuff and just yeah. messes everything up. I love it. So she does creepy stuff, like, befriend kids. Yeah. And,
1: like... Based on me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Huh? Need to workshop that idea a little more.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, Go
1: to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Are you ready to hear about a killer son-in-law? Gee, I wonder what happens. I think somebody gets killed. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Lay it on me.
1: Okay, shout out to Matt Soniak, S-O-N-I-A-K, for um, mental floss. He had a great article Mm. about this case, um, that the majority of this information comes from. It was the early morning hours of May 24th, 1987, when Kenneth Parks burst through the doors of a Scarborough, Ontario, Canada police station and exclaimed, I think I've just killed two people. After making the confession, he looked down and seemed shocked to find that his hands were covered in blood. My hands, he said, only then registering that not only were they covered in blood, they were severely injured. They'd been cut open, and he had several severed tendons. Oh God! As Ken was taken to a nearby hospital for medical attention, he told them an unbelievable story. He said that he remembered sitting on the couch watching Saturday Night Live. He must have dozed off somewhere around 1.30 in the morning. The next thing he remembered was looking down at his mother-in-law's face. It was frozen. She was dead. He went downstairs and out the door, and it was only when he went to start his car that he realized he was holding a knife in his hand. He threw the knife on the floor and then headed straight to that police department for help. Ken said he had no recollection of waking up, getting off the couch, getting dressed, getting in the car, driving the complex 15-mile drive to his In law's house. Like he would have had to take the highway, got off at an exit, Uh on multiple back roads. Right. He had no recollection of any of this. He had no recollection of going inside. And he certainly had no recollection of murdering his mother in law and father in law, Barbara and Dennis Woods. But police were skeptical, to say the least, about his story. While Ken was being cared for and interrogated at the hospital, Officers were sent to the Woods Scarborough townhouse. Inside, they found Dennis in bed where the attack had obviously started. Barbara was found deceased in a nearby TV room. She'd been beaten with a tire iron and stabbed. But Dennis was still clinging to life. He'd been strangled and stabbed. But despite this, he would eventually make a full recovery. After undergoing surgery to repair his injured hands, Ken was arrested.
2: Why were his hands so injured?
1: I don't know. And really, we never get any more information on that.
2: Defensive
1: wounds, possibly. um, But he
2: was the one doing the killing, right?
1: Right. So if somebody else is fighting back against him while he has a knife in his hands, it's possible. Okay. Okay. Like his hands were severely injured. I think it's a great question. I don't have any more information okay. on it. Like, okay. and Ken. Well, you don't even know if he was a serial killer. Well, that's right, I don't. <laughs> now, and, and Ken doesn't know what happened to his hands because yeah. he says he has no recollection of ever attacking his in laws. Okay. Ken was arrested and charged with first degree murder and attempted murder. The investigation into Ken had uncovered a potential motive. Ken was 23, married, had a beautiful five-month-old daughter, and a major gambling problem. He'd hidden his gambling and mounting debt from everyone, including his wife, Karen, until March of that year. In March, his employer had discovered that he'd embezzled more than $30,000. He'd been fired and obviously charged with the theft— and at that point, he'd been forced to come clean to his wife. And so he did. He told her everything. He told her that he'd depleted their savings. He told her that he'd taken out loans and then gambled that money away. He told her that he'd found a way to pilfer money from like a family savings account. Oh. He'd basically taken money anywhere he could. And so then he also had to tell her, like, now he was facing serious jail time with this embezzlement case. It seems, based on what I could find, that Karen was pretty supportive of Ken after these revelations. Really? Yeah. As far as I can tell, it looks like they decided, like, to tackle this thing as a team. Like, they decided to put their house up for sale to cover the gambling debts. Wow. Yeah. As far as I could tell, it seems like Karen kind of stayed by his side during right. this initial time. Well, and when you have an infant, like, that, yeah. that does make things more difficult.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, what kind of jail time was he facing? Do you know? You
1: know, I don't know. Um,
2: it's funny because I feel like a lot of these employers, they just let it go because they're kind of embarrassed. Yeah. And you said this was, what, $30,000? $30, $30,000. Well, it's the 80s. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they decide to put their house on the market. They're going to sell it. But the stress of covering up this whole thing was kind of weighing heavy on Ken. To this point, they had kept this completely inside their own marriage. They Mm -hmm. hadn't told the family members outside and they were kind of trying to handle it on their own. And that was until May of 1987. On May 20th, 1987, Ken attended his first Gambler's Anonymous meeting at that meeting. They encouraged him to get his secret off his chest. And so he went home and he talked to Karen and he said, this is kind of like the first step that they're telling me I should do. Mm -hmm. And so they decided that that upcoming weekend they would tell Ken's grandma and then they would tell her on Saturday. And then on Sunday they'd go to Karen's parents' house and tell them about everything that had been going on. So – the articles on this mention that he was embezzling money not only from his employer but also from some family savings right, fund. Right. I don't know whose account that was. I don't know if or it was, if his it was their own. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It seemed to be at least an account that was accessible to other family members, right. but I'm not. Okay. I'm not positive on that. So, for whatever reason, these are the people closest to them that they decide they're going to start right. with. Police thought maybe this was the motive. He decided, like, okay. I've got this big secret that I've been keeping, and now, in order to like move on in my recovery, I can't keep it a secret anymore. And maybe the shame of that was more than he could handle, and so he decided that he would kill Karen's parents instead of having to come clean. That seemed. Wonderful. I agree. I that so that's the initial thought that the police have. Right, because wouldn't you instead just be like,
2: okay, these people at Gamblers Anonymous told me to do this thing. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just yeah. not going to do
1: it. So the other thought was that maybe he came up with the idea to murder Karen's parents so that he could then get some kind of inheritance that, that would then take care me. of the gambling debt. Yes, I agree that that yeah. does make more sense. There were problems with this theory, though. First... Ken was extremely close with Karen's parents. She was adamant that he would never do anything to hurt them. And she said if they needed help to get out from under this gambling debt, they would have just asked them and they would have done it. Yeah. The second bigger problem was that Ken's unbelievable story from that night was seeming more and more believable. Every time he told it, because despite their many attempts to trip him up or catch him in a lie, Ken told the story exactly the same way every single time. Mm. During seven different interviews with various doctors, lawyers, investigators, Ken's explanation of what he did and did not remember that night remained consistent down to very specific details. He never denied that he was there, but what he did deny was having any intent to harm them. And additionally, he displayed genuine remorse and horror over what had happened in that house. And he was exhibiting a great amount of confusion about what happened that day. There had to be some explanation While Ken was being held at the Toronto East Detention Center awaiting trial, he underwent a battery of medical and psychiatric tests at the request of his defense team. The doctors considered acute psychotic episode under extreme stress or aggression during an amnesic state or possibly deliberate homicide with stress-induced amnesia or possibly it was Complex partial epileptic seizures with automatic behavior. These were all possible explanations that they looked into. Mm -hmm. Every doctor who examined Ken found signs of, like, general depression and anxiety, which... Leads to murdering your in-laws. N- well, no. A lot of people don't know. That's like, <laughs> what I, look out, gang, if well, that's what you're feeling. What I would say is that, yeah, if you believe or if you find yourself <laughs> in Ken's situation, I think it's going to be very difficult not to have general anxiety and be, depression. Be
2: pretty dang weird if you yes, weren't depressed yes, exactly. and really anxious.
1: Exactly. But none of them found any signs of delusions, hallucinations, paranoia psychosis in fact he had no history of psychosis or amnesiac episodes whatsoever say that five times that's right.
2: <laughs> you know i'm sorry to take us off course
1: here but yeah. amnesia
2: was a really popular storyline in the 80s and 90s you don't see it today you really don't <laughs> did they amnesia us out <laughs>
1: um oh fame Hmm. Modern day famous claim of amnesia. What's that? Jodi Arias. Oh, well. <laughs> you
2: know, my most unpopular opinion is that she's an innocent woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding, people. Calm down. <laughs> Don't send us emails. Oh, please. my God. I believe those ninjas were there that night. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> so while he didn't have any history, what are you of... going to do, Jodi Arias? Fuck! I'll do it. I'm oh. gonna do it. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna do it. Will it's you? It's just overwhelming. Mm. It's too big. It's my Everest. <laughs> I'm. I'll do it. Oh, Maybe. Sure. I'm sure. Not gonna
2: do it. We've been lied to before. Yeah. You I'm know? Not gonna do it. We were told that 2020 would be a great year by mm. you. I didn't say that. I was like, I don't know, guys. I've got a bad feeling. But you know, we.
1: You made us cut that from the end. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it was all me who was like, Uh yeah, 2020, an amazing year. Who could have seen this dumpster fire coming? Mm. Uh. Let's move on. Yes, let's. Let's talk about murder. Let's. Okay. So for the fourth time now, Mm -hmm. he didn't have a history of, of psychosis or amnesia. But what he did have was a history of being an occasional sleepwalker. Oh, no. Uh Uh-huh. No. Yes. Doctors didn't believe Ken to be mentally ill, but he didn't seem to them to be just like a cold-blooded killer. So they kept coming back to that history of sleepwalking. Could it have been possible that some kind of sleep disorder was at play here? Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. This can't be right. (laughs) So instances of homicidal somnambulism (laughs) date all the way back to medieval times. One of the first documented cases of sleep-related violence or nocturnal aggression Mm. is that of Bernard (laughs) Shedmeizig. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. We all know uh, the story well. And as this Mental Floss article tells us, he was a woodcutter living in medieval Silesia, which, of course, Mm -hmm. Kristen, I don't have to tell you, is a historical region of Central Europe, which is now located mostly in Poland. That's true. Yes. Yes, Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. So one night after this dude Bernard had... uh, fallen asleep. had been asleep for a couple of hours. He awoke abruptly. He believed that there was an intruder at the foot of his bed. And so naturally, he grabbed his axe, which I guess he just kept right next to well, his Well, he bed. was a woodworker, yeah. So, Maybe he had a bunch of stuff <laughs> laying around. And he just started swinging. Oh. And in the midst of doing that, when he awoke or Turned on, a turned, candle, on a light. turned on a candle. Turned on a candle.
2: When he got out of his
1: smartphone and he put on the That's flashlight, right. he found that he had killed his wife who <gasps> was sleeping beside him. Oh. To this day, sleepwalking isn't completely understood. Medical studies suggest that there's various causes such as delays in like the central nervous system or that there's physiological triggers that cause the brain to jump from like your slow wave sleep to wakefulness without hitting REM sleep Mm -hmm. in between. I don't know what any of that means, but... (laughs) REM sleep, for those who don't know, is the deep shit. (laughs) That's right. And that's a medical term. But doctors believe that factors such as sleep deprivation, wow, (laughs) sleep deprivation, excessive tiredness, use of alcohol, antipsychotics, and hypnotics all appear to have some kind of influence on the occurrence of sleepwalking specifically in those who are predisposed to it. It's supersonic. Supersonic. Did I say that? No. When you you said hypnotic. Oh, supersonic, hypnotic, funky, fresh. Yes. (laughs) One other person was on that wavelength with me. (laughs) Sleepwalking is generally accepted in the medical community as a state of Automatism, Kristen. There are so many fucking I was words gonna say in the this. The five dollar <laughs> words you are using today—it's too much for me. Or automatic behavior. I feel like I need a fucking dictionary. Yeah. Right so now. automatism is basically behavior where a person has neither awareness nor control of their behavior. They're literally in an automatic state. Okay. Legally speaking, murder requires intent. Mm. So if someone were to commit a murder Mm -hmm. in an automatic state. We looking at manslaughter or what? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you'd better know, Brandy, because you've got to tell this whole story. (laughs) (laughs) So because he had this history Mm -hmm. of sleepwalking, a sleep disorder specialist was brought in to see if somnambulism or some other sleep disorder played a role in Ken's crime that was the taboo buzzer that she just hit (laughs) so what they found was that ken had been a severe bedwetter for most of his life oh he'd been a chronic sleep talker an occasional sleepwalker and a deep sleeper who was extremely hard to wake up They did two overnight sleep studies, and during those, Ken had frequent shifts from lighter sleep to wakefulness. He had a very disrupted sleep pattern. These were all things that showed that, yes, it was possible that a sleep disorder was at play the night these things happened. Wow. And they found a big family history of sleepwalking, sleep talking, bedwetting, deep sleeping, and night terrors within his family sleepwalking along with many of these other sleep disorder things are believed to be heavily like genetically predisposed oh. so the fact that other members of his family also exhibited these symptoms at different levels of severity seemed to really kind of hammer home the point that like yeah this really seems like there was something at play here
2: i had no idea that bedwetting could be genetic yes wow yeah so, I guess I have my mom and dad to blame for that time in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time I peed the bed. I was going to say, doesn't
1: everybody have like a weird one time that they peed I, the bed like way later I than mean, they ever I should hope have? I'm not alone, but I remember, you know, I was in sixth grade, so that's way too late. Yeah, I peed the bed one time in fifth
2: grade yeah. and like was
1: super embarrassed yeah. and like, what the hell? Well, like, when you're old enough to clean up after yourself, yes. you know you're
2: too old. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I had a dream I was in a pool, in <laughs> my
1: defense. So and you were there. I was <laughs> <laughs> really you were in the dream. <laughs> it was no weird. I think in my dream I was jumping into a lake with yeah, Fred it's... Flintstone. Oh. Yeah, but Deb
2: When you peed, did he say
1: Barney? I don't think he did. Brandy. Brandy. So all of these sleep disorder specialists were looking at all of these predisposing factors, the personal history, and then they also looked at those things in conjunction with the stress that was on him. He was coming clean about this major secret. The plans of that weekend were weighing on him heavily, and it looked like all of those were possible triggers for an episode of sleepwalking, perhaps homicidal sleepwalking. At his trial in May of 1988, Ken Park's defense attorney, Marlene Senward. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't think we caught that. We're going to need to hear that again. Marlis? M-A-R-L-Y-S. Okay. Marlis? I, I don't know. Marlies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward. <laughs> Is there an H at the end There's of an H at the It's Edward with just like an H tacked on the end. You think it's like a silent H? I don't know, man. I, I feel for you. <laughs> anyway, Marlies Edward <laughs> <laughs> argued that the murder of Barbara Woods was an act of homicide during non-insane automatism as part of a presumed episode of somnambulism. Wow. She argued that Ken did not have any pre-existing quote, disease of the mind, and there was no evidence for psychosis or other mental illness, and that the clustering of factors that triggered the assault and murder were rare. So the big thing here was that the recurrence of a violent sleepwalking with aggression event was very unlikely. This was like the perfect storm Mm -hmm. of... He was sleep deprived. He had all of this stress. He'd finally come clean about this massive secret that he'd been holding. All of those things came together and caused this perfect storm of this homicidal automatism (sighs) episode of somnambulism. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. His attorney argued that Ken should be acquitted and not be subject to mandatory hospitalization because this was not a mental illness this was a sleep disorder hmm. yeah okay so the defense, But I mean you got to figure something out medically right i mean right okay yeah but what they're what they're arguing is that yes, okay, yes, this is a sleep disorder, not a mental illness, and right. this is such a rare occurrence that anything like this could ever happen again that we don't even need to worry about it.
2: Boy, I don't know. Yeah, dude's twenty three. That's a lot of life to live and a lot yeah. of stress ahead of him. Yeah,
1: yeah. But that's the defense's argument. Yeah, and yeah. they brought forward a litany of doctors and neurological experts, six in all who all presented evidence that Ken was sleepwalking when he committed the murder. They testified to the family history. They testified about the examinations and sleep studies following the murder. They testified about the state that he was in when he arrived at the hospital. They testified about all of those things and the neurological significance of sleepwalking and automatism. In addition to the experts, Dennis Woods testified. So this is the father that survived. Uh Uh-huh. And he testified about what he remembered of the attack from that night. He testified about, you know, what he'd gone through, but he said he never saw his attacker. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if that was just, like, a little, like, I'm going to protect my family thing or if he legitimately... Or, because it was mean, never that was never up for debate. Like it was never, yeah, Deni- or it was never. Ken was not the one that attacked Barbara and Dennis. That was never the argument,
2: right? Well, and if it happened at night, yeah, maybe he really didn't see yeah. his attacker.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Is there a way to know if someone's sleepwalking? Like, if you
1: see them, do you know? I don't know, and maybe that maybe that's the point of that testimony. Like, I never saw him, so I couldn't tell you what state he was in. I don't there, know.
2: There were Z's above his head. Yeah, just floating right above mm-hmm. his head. Yeah, and that happens
1: to all of us. That's the right. Best of us, even. I don't know. I mean, I assume his eyes had to be open, right? Because he drove there. I mean,
2: yeah. I assume your eyes are open when you sleepwalk, but I don't, I don't know. know. I
1: don't know either. I didn't Google that. Well, <laughs> hang on. Are you looking it up? Yes. Are your eyes?
2: open when you sleepwalk (laughs) the eyes are usually open while someone's sleepwalking although the person will look straight through people and not recognize them they can often move well around familiar objects if you talk to a person who is sleepwalking they may partially respond or say things that do not make sense Hmm. you know you're not supposed to wake someone up when they're sleeping. yeah
1: yeah i have heard that you're not supposed to wake a sleepwalker Because it can cause them, yeah, to have like a like enter a panic state or murder you, murder you. (laughs) (laughs) So, in closing arguments, Marlin Edward told the jury that on the night of the killings, Ken Parks plunged into a deep, deep sleep. He sat on that couch. He's finally like relieved to have his mm-hmm. secret out in the open, but he was also still stressed cuz he knew the next day he was right. going to go have to tell his in-laws who he was extremely close to. And so in that deep deep sleep he fell into, he had no recollection of anything until the next morning when he opened his eyes and he saw his mother-in-law's face and she was dead. She said that when Ken regained consciousness, Blood dripping from his severely cut hands, he drove straight to a nearby police station. She then asked the jury to acquit Ken because he was in a sleep state in which he had no choice. He Had no control. Nothing he did during that was of his own control. He was in an automatic state. Prosecutors for the Crown called this defense, quote, simply ludicrous. In their closing arguments, they argued that an acquittal would be an affront to the community's sense of justice and certainly to one's common sense. So I'm going to pause here before we okay. find out what the jury decides. I have covered another case where someone claimed that they committed a murder during sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Mr. Scott Fladerer. Do you remember that? So he stabbed his wife like 45 times. Okay. Okay and then he drowned her like in the family pool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, following following the murder, he made attempts to cover up the crime. Right. right. He hid the weapon. He hid his bloody clothes. Right. And so a jury didn't believe his sleepwalking defense right. and they found him guilty of murder. What do you think in this case? Because he made no attempt. He never denied that he... I believe this is
2: entirely possible, especially if there's a family history of this. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how it would be possible.
1: Yeah, I do too. I actually really believe his story.
2: Yeah, and the fact... You're right. The fact that he immediately went to the police and...
1: Yeah, they said that one of the things in one of the articles I read said that the, they believe that he was still in a in somewhat of a sleep state by the time that he arrived at the well, police yeah, station. Yeah, if he like, and it looked was, down yes, and it wasn't until he felt the pain in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. that he was fully awake and in control of his movements. Yeah. The jury deliberated for 9 hours and on May 25th, 1988, a year and a day after the murder, they returned a verdict of not guilty. Wow. Yeah. On July 15th, 1988, Ken Parks was again on trial, this time for the attempted murder of his father-in-law, Dennis.
2: This am they
1: tried him again. I agree. I agree. So this trial was weird, and I, I've not heard of a situation like this before. But what they did is they agreed to just go before a judge, mm-hmm. I believe the same judge from the murder trial, mm-hmm. and – that both the crown and the defense had to agree to just basically submit for the judge, the same evidence from the murder trial, sure, and then the judge considered that, and then they were able to basically give any additional arguments they wanted to okay. on top of it. So this like was literally like an hour long event, okay? Where the judge was like, "Okay, I'm considering." That makes a lot more sense. Yes, actually, yeah. I'm considering the same evidence that was presented at the yeah. murder trial, but in this in this case, it's the attempted murder of Dennis Woods, and at that trial, the prosecution offered one like additional argument they said that ken parks had regained consciousness following the murder of barbara woods and that he was awake for the subsequent attack on dennis give me a fucking break exactly so the defense was like excuse me that's speculation there's no way to fucking know that we had a whole litany of experts who testified that this entire event took place during a sleepwalking incident that's desperate. That's someone who doesn't want justice. They just want like a little. I, notch. I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. They want to win. That's yeah. all they want. Yeah. Yeah. And so the judge took this, um, this all under consideration, and after like an hour, he, the judge acquitted Ken Parks of the attempted murder charge, just as the jury had in the murder trial.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The crown immediately appealed the acquittals. Oh God. Arguing that the trial judge had erred in ruling that the condition of sleepwalking should be classified wow, classified. Classified, oh. 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 classified. classified. <laughs> as non insane automatism and not a quote disease of the mind. So the Crown argued that had the judge not made this distinction, the jury could have found Ken Parks not guilty by reason of insanity, which would have resulted in him being sent to a mental health facility of some sort Mm. for some amount of time. Okay. The appeal actually worked its way all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. But they upheld the acquittals, saying the evidence presented a reasonable doubt that Parks acted voluntarily and that the trial judge was correct in his analysis of the evidence and his decision not to characterize sleepwalking as a mental disorder when it is a sleep disorder. Yeah. After his release from custody, um, Ken Parks began receiving psychotherapy and taking anti-anxiety medication and has had no further reported incidents of sleepwalking at all. Is he still married to? The... I okay. I he is married. I don't know if he's still married to Karen. That'd be really hard. Yeah. Can you no. Yeah. I can't imagine. No. M- staying married to someone who murdered my mother and attempted to murder your father. Father. Yeah. But what if it wasn't? It's not his fault. I'm yeah, but still, still, yeah, I that's think that'd a be really, really difficult overlook. Yeah. He did plead guilty to the theft charges in relation to the embezzlement from his employer, and he paid his $30,000 restitution in full. I don't believe he served any jail time for it because he worked out a deal to yeah. plead guilty and pay restitution. In 2006, Ken stirred up a bit of buzz when he ran for school trustee oh, really? in Durham. I that's I don't know what any of that means. I assume this is some kind of school, school board position. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the time, he said he had six kids, five of whom attended school in Durham. And so he just wanted to be on the board. Mm-hmm. People were concerned about his ethics, not because of the murder oh, charges, but, but because of the embezzlement. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I
2: was like, oh, come on. <laughs> people. But yeah, yeah. The embezzlement for sure.
1: No word on if he was elected. I couldn't. I couldn't find that. That's generally a no. Yeah, I would yeah. guess not. Yeah. And that is the story of Ken Parks and what is believed to be the first successful sleepwalking defense in Canada. That was really good. Yeah. I was fascinated by that. I really think was sleepwalking. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And what a terrible thing, like, yeah. to have to live with. Yeah.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS?
1: Mm.
2: you know what's a terrible thing to live without what our Patreon
1: (laughs) (laughs) I legitimately had no idea where you were going with that
2: I keep it spicy here I keep you guessing y'all if you want more of us we've got bonus episodes at the yin yang that's right do you pronounce the G's in yin yang I don't think it's a yin yang no it's
1: yin yang right (laughs) What is I think it's actually that all of the letters are silent. and You don't fucking say
0: it.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, we got bonus episodes coming out of somewhere, <laughs> so join us on Patreon, won't you? Um, what was our most recent bonus episode? What did co- we cover? I mean, it was
1: pretty good. That's what I well, remember. That's... It <sighs> was. Uh, you did that. You did that fancy apartment building. Oh, oh. Yes, if you want to hear about a wild ex-girlfriend. That is a wild ex-girlfriend. And I can't for the life of me think of what I covered, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, it was a Christmas special. Oh, God. Yeah. I ain't covered a Christmas family annihilator. It was a very brandy Christmas. It was. with blood everywhere. It Was
2: okay. Well, maybe that wasn't the best advertising <laughs> on our Patreon. But you get all that at the five dollar level, That's plus right. access to the Discord where we chitty chat the day away. And at the seven dollar level, you get all that plus a monthly bonus video. A bonus video, folks. <laughs> I'm just going to start. Let's just like you're just going to shart. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm trying to do an ad here, and you're just going to shart. Well, anyway, you also get inducted on the end of the podcast, and you get a sticker and a card with our ad- autographs, and then at the $10 level,
1: you get all that,
2: all that, plus a shart,
1: <laughs> plus, plus
2: episodes a day early, and yes. free, ad-free, 10% off merch. Woo! All right. Well, that was well said. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. What are you telling us about? Oh, an innocent joke. An innocent joke. Are you ready for an innocent joke? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, shout out to the East Lake Conspiracy episode of
1: Dateline, plus a bunch of articles and YouTube videos. I thought you were like g- getting this information from like a QAnon website <laughs> or something when you said. Oh, God.
2: About- <laughs> I'm
1: very into QAnon. <laughs>
2: And Brandy, you know, Donald Trump didn't accomplish what he wanted to because of the deep state. Okay. That's why. Okay. okay. Okay, that's why there's not a wall.
1: Excellent. Brandy, why do you look so uncomfortable? You know, I can't help it.
2: <laughs> See, I defended Donald Trump there.
1: Did you? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Is that what that was? That's what that was. Oh, okay. Also, some articles and YouTube videos Ooh. from your friends at your second favorite TV channel,
1: Oxygen. No! <laughs> too- What's my first favorite? Game Show Network?
2: Yes! <laughs> you have to have me tell you what your first favorite... Okay, anyway. Um, I would tell you... Um, The name of the show on Oxygen that this comes from. Uh But it's such an
1: oxygen thing. They give it away with the title of the show. Except for that one that was like, oh, wait, that was an ID show. It wasn't an Oxygen show. Yeah. Obsession Dark Desires. I hate that. I hate that. Disgusting. Yeah, that's that episode was about stalking, which I don't really think fits that name at all. So,
2: do you remember when Dove obsession. chocolate commercials used to be like weirdly sexual? Oh yes, yeah. And yeah. Sessions.
1: Yeah, that's what that means. Just you just, see, like the Dove wrappers, yeah. it's like <laughs> silky and mm, mm, mm. Dove chocolates are delicious, though.
2: Well, yeah, I didn't say they weren't. They're delicious. the
1: smoothest chocolate. You put one of those suckers in, this is how you do it, Kristen. You weren't <laughs> impressed when I told you how to do a York peppermint patty. Well, yeah, wasn't it just you put it in your mouth and you let it melt a little? Like Yeah, which is, no shit. Which is also how you do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people been, don't know and they've been doing it wrong the whole time. They're just putting that thing in there, just chomping down on it. No, you got to let that sucker melt and get that creamy chocolate going. And then you'll be like, hmm, this is a sexual Speaking chocolate. of creamy chocolate, <laughs> do you remember the song Chocolate Rain? Like the YouTube thing? Do you mean purple? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate rain. Yeah. Did you know that that has a really complex political message to No.
2: It? No, Brandy. It no. It 100% no, does.
1: No. He, that guy may say, oh, there's no. a complex message. That's after the fact that <laughs> there's no you know, it, way. It, oh, this was just a, so I've just been listening to this new um trivia podcast that somebody recommended okay. to us in the discord it's okay. called triviality i fucking love it uh-huh. i've listened to way too many episodes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was one of the questions on a recent episode and they like you know they had more information than i have to give to you now about right. like some real, pretty complex themes brandy within the song chop uh, rain and no one no one got it because it was delivered in such a funny manner hang on oh
2: well now I'm looking at the lyrics. Yes. Huh? Raised your neighborhood insurance rate? Yes. Makes us happy living in a gate. Yeah. Well, you know what? It okay. is! It
1: is! This <laughs> is a complex political song. Uh, and no one knows it! I don't know about complex, but like
2: <laughs> I can just like hear this guy in my head chocolate rain Rain. some stay dry and others feel the pain chocolate rain yes huh okay well I had no idea I'm gonna have to
1: do Uh, more digging the same crime has a higher price to pay the judge and jury swear it's not the face that okay yeah no You got me. Uh Uh-huh. That's a song
2: about racism I had no idea. It's 100% (laughs) a
1: song about racism. (laughs) I am sorry, chocolate rain, man. (laughs) Wow. Worse than swearing, worse than calling names. Say it publicly and you're insane.
2: Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Who Who
1: else's mind is blown right now? You
2: know what this is like? What? This is like, you know, when you grow up to be an adult and you watch Mrs. Doubtfire and he talks about her power tool in the bedroom (laughs) and you all go, oh my God. Okay, do you know my moment
1: like that? What's your moment like that? It is, and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Okay. Okay, so the premise there is that Sue Ellen's like a 17 year old, but she's pretending to be an adult to work in an office, whatever, Uh for the summer because they killed the babysitter on accident. Right. So. At one point, she's talking about being stressed out, and she's just going to go home and relax for the weekend. And Rose, her boss, is like, cut up a little cucumber, put that on your eyes. And she says something about not having a cucumber. And she goes, honey, a girl of your age should always have a cucumber in the house. Oh, my. Yes! Oh, my!
2: (laughs) And you were just like, yeah, veggies are important. Veggies are important. (laughs) Fruits, too. (laughs) Man, I've learned a lot about chocolate rain today. Yeah, I know. I feel like such an ignorant slut. Who who knew? I had no idea. Well, I think we can end the episode right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we cannot. No. All right. Picture it. Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. 2011. We're in East Lake, Ohio, a town cleverly named for being east of Cleveland. And on a lake. Wonderful. <laughs> the funny thing is, it's not that far east on the lake itself. <laughs> okay. But, you know. You know. Uh, you know. Mm. Whatever. East Lake was Patrick Sabo's stomping grounds. Patrick was in his early 40s, and he was covered in tattoos. He even had a hand tattoo, which is your next step, Brandy. You got to get there. I don't, I don't know that I'm getting a hand tattoo. I'm not ruling it out. Okay. Mm, I, I guess really you're not it. as hardcore as Patrick, then, Obviously huh? not. So... I've got some shady stuff in here. In the episode of Dateline, the facial hair was a little scruffy. He had Unkempt. the thing. Yeah. He had the thing I hate, which is like
1: the mustache overfloweth yeah. onto the top lip. Not yeah, a good not, look. It's not good. And, you know, initially. That's a very, that's a very simple grooming thing, yeah. gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And if you want somebody to want to kiss those lips. Mm-hmm. You got to keep that. She's not going to part that no, curtain. this is a public service announcement. So, yeah, I was watching that and I was like, mm, Patrick's
2: kind of a rough looking dude. But then I saw him on the Oxygen show. He'd clearly gotten a little trim up looking pretty good. Okay. Say, looking good. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I judge everyone in these stories. <laughs> uh, I think that just goes to show with a little simple grooming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, he was just living his best life, doing his best, but things weren't great. After high school, he joined the army, and he'd become an army ranger. And, man, he was very proud of being an army ranger. So he let folks know, I was an army ranger. Did you know I was an army ranger? Did someone ask for an army ranger? I'm right here, an army ranger. So he'd been an army ranger. Right,
1: yes. <laughs> and I, which I think is probably a big deal, cool It, it, thing. it is a big deal. Like if, it's Yeah, it's a very special distinction, very few people. But, yeah. And if I had done it, you would know
2: about it every day. (laughs) So at this point in his life, I don't know if he'd freshly left the military or what, but the bottom line was times were tight and he'd had a few run-ins with the law. Mm. Nothing major, but law enforcement knew his name. Yeah. And it was around this time that an old friend reached out to him. Her name was Chrissy Metter. Chrissy and Pat had gone to high school together. And they'd been good friends in school, but afterward, they'd lost touch. Pat joined the Army, because I don't know if you know this, but he became an Army Ranger. He was an Army Ranger. And Chrissy went to college and married a guy named David. And she and David had four daughters. And at one point,
1: they moved out of Ohio. Was he super hot? David's very hot.
2: Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would describe David as, like, you know, like a nice-looking, you know, White guy, like, you know.
1: All right. He was just kind of your average dude.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, a nice-looking average white guy is what I'm saying. All right. But now Chrissy was back in Ohio because she and her ex were going through a messy divorce. So Chrissy and Pat reconnected on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It'd been, like, 20 years since they last saw each other. But they talked about their lives. And, you know, initially they kind of bonded by trash-talking their exes. But... You know, there's a limit to how much you can trash talk an ex. And, um, frankly, Chrissy was becoming a drag. Every conversation was a pity party for Chrissy. Oh, poor me. Poor me. My life is so hard. I hate my ex. I hate him with a fiery passion of a thousand suns. I spend every waking moment talking about how much I hate him. It's my favorite pastime. (laughs) And Pat listened and eventually he was like, hey, You know, maybe you just move on. But that was not Chrissy's style. Every conversation was, my ex-husband did this. My ex-husband did that. I hate my ex-husband. Have I mentioned my ex-husband? I hate him. (laughs) At one point, they were on Facebook Messenger, and Pat was like, hey, why don't you save your money and hire a hitman? L-M-A-O. Oh, no. He was obviously kidding. (laughs) Because he put LMAO after it? Yeah. Mm And she responded appropriately. She said LOL right back. So just calm down. Wipe that look off Mm your face. But then, a few hours later, when Pat and Chrissy were talking over Skype, Chrissy was like, hey, would you mind meeting my dad for dinner? Chrissy's dad was a 76-year-old widower named Al Zambori. He was a retired police officer. It struck Pat as a little odd that Chrissy wanted him to have dinner with her dad. I mean, Pat didn't even know Chrissy's dad's first name. Yeah. But Pat was like, okay. Like, she wanted just the two of them to have dinner? Yeah. Yeah, that's super fucking weird. No, Brandy. Yes, it's weird. Just the two of us building castles in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) At this point... Someone popped out of a bush, and that person said to Pat, Hey, Pat, have you ever heard the saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch? And Pat was like, no, I haven't. Why do you ask? <laughs> and the person was like, oh, no reason, and they popped back behind the bush. Oh, okay. And pretty soon, Al Z- Zambori picked him up to go to dinner, and it didn't take long for things to get weird. Where'd they go? They, drove, they drove to this restaurant. I, you knew I was, like, all over it. They drove to a restaurant called The Captain's Club, which is now closed, but in its prime, boasted a whopping three stars on Yelp. Oh. And in their About the Business section, the owner bragged that, quote, we take pride in our menu being as from scratch as possible.
1: What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> means it's not from scratch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... They showed up at the restaurant and Al evidently never mastered the art of small talk because right from the jump, he was like, look, I want you to kill my daughter's ex-husband. If I could shoot straight, I'd have done it myself. Wow. What?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Pat was stunned. Yeah.
2: He's like, Al (laughs) is...
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's like wow, this this uh, burger's from scratch. I think. Can we talk about something else now? <laughs> Pat was just like, "Oh my god," he had been totally joking in that Facebook message. Yeah, but Al was serious. Al told Pat that Chrissy's ex, David, had a big life insurance policy, like one point five million dollars. And that Chrissy would make a ton of money off his death. So if Pat would just do them this solid, by murdering a man with four children, we've all been there, it's all fine, then Al and Chrissy would give Pat 50 grand from the insurance payout. Win, 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 am I right? No! <laughs> Is this not nuts? Yeah, nuts. <laughs> then Al showed him a picture of the target. And you know, it's David. Yeah. Obviously, he was super hot because his name name was was David. David. (laughs) And then Al gave Pat David's address in Atlanta. Pat was floored. Yes, he was down on his luck. And yes, he had this experience as an Army Ranger, but that didn't mean he was willing to go kill some random guy. No. Holy crap, it was a Facebook joke. Oh my gosh. But Pat was pretty chill, and he was like, cool, cool, cool. Yep, I'm so glad you took my Facebook message seriously. Guess you guys have never heard of dark humor. Okay. And as soon as their meal from hell was over, Pat called the cops. In his 911 call, (laughs) he was as hyper as you could be. I mean, he sounded just like anyone would sound in this situation. So he was like, I was approached at the captain's club to murder somebody for 50 grand, so... I need somebody out here. Yeah. And the dispatcher was like, wow, okay. So she got his name. And then she was like, oh, right. Because everyone at the police station knew Pat Sabo. Uh-huh. So the dispatcher kept him on the line. And she was like, okay, who
0: approached you?
2: And this is when things got wonky. <laughs> because Pat had to be like, okay, I don't know the guy's first name. And I don't even know the name of the guy I'm supposed to kill. <laughs> oh, my God. But this is for real. This old geezer's serious. <laughs> So the police got him home, got him to come down to the station. And meanwhile, everybody's like, okay, what are the chances? This is total bullshit. But Patrick came in, told them everything he knew, showed them David's picture and address. And even though Patrick's story was a little coconut, Pat had given them enough information to make them load up their confetti cannons. Because Brandy, I don't care how old you are. I don't care about your political affiliation or where you're from. We all love a murder for hire sting. (laughs) It's the true crime story that unites us all. We all love it. The first step in the investigation was to run a background check. And by that I mean they for sure googled the address that they had been given and found that indeed that house belonged to David Meader, Chrissy's ex-husband. So let's stop to talk about poor innocent David. Let's. David and Chrissy had been married for like seventeen years before they divorced. From David's perspective, the marriage had been bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I really appreciated the oxygen story on this because I it drives me crazy in all these stories when it's like it was, we had the perfect relationship and then all of a sudden it just went right. right. No, no one ever believes that, mm-hmm. and that's he didn't try to do that here. He said that the marriage had been bad, but he loved his kids. He felt that the only good things that came out of that marriage were his kids. Over the years, his career took off, and he had opportunities to work outside of Ohio. And Chrissy didn't like that. She wanted to stay close to family. And things just got more and more tense until finally they separated. Mm -hmm. And that's when things got really nasty. Chrissy accused David of physically abusing her and their four daughters. I want to pause. I didn't find anything backing up those claims, but that's that is something she has said okay at one point, he said he was living in the tenth floor of a building, and they were arguing over the phone and Chrissy said, "We don't miss you. The girls don't need you, and you're worth more to us dead than you are alive. You should just jump oh my gosh during this exceptionally shitty time i believe david was living in baltimore and chrissy was living with the girls in ohio and david owned his own business and it appeared to be pretty successful it's in the automotive industry Mm -hmm. and around this time he went to las vegas for a conference and at this work conference he met a woman named lonnie he and lonnie had instant chemistry And they were like, "Woo woo! what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. (laughs) And they meant it. And after the conference, Lonnie went home to Atlanta and David went back to Baltimore. But David and Lonnie stayed friends. And Lonnie told him, hey, you know, you're in this tough situation with your wife. You've got those daughters you love. You two could get back together. Would you want to do that? And he was like, um, no. And then he sang that song hell no to the no 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 hell do what the no
0: what
1: <laughs> song is
2: that that's a song i think it's like a youtube oh, clip. Okay. <laughs> then he sang chocolate rain and she was like you know, you know that has a
1: complex political yeah, message uh-huh. behind and it and he was
2: like no it doesn't and then she exposed him for being an ignorant white man <laughs> David did not want to get back together with his wife. That ship had sailed. And so the next time he was in Atlanta, he took Lonnie out for their first date. And it sounds like it was a real sexy time because their first date was at her church. Oh, God. Right? What the? I mean, yes, God.
1: God was there. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit.
2: This reminds me of the Patreon episode I did where the guy took... His date to Panera. Panera. I mean.
1: Nah. Yeah, if I'm going on a date and they're like, Hey, there's a potluck at my church tonight. Oh God. I know. What would you rather do? <laughs>
2: Anything. Panera. Panera, Panera. Or church. Panera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty lame though, yeah. right? I mean Yeah. Hmm. There can be good singing at church. There's
1: no good singing at Panera. (laughs) (laughs) I never want to go on a date to church. I'm just saying. (laughs) Wow.
2: (sighs) Yeah, okay. Okay. I mean, it's a real tough call, church or Panera. (laughs) David and Lonnie were so happy together. But things weren't going great between David and Chrissy. According to Lonnie, anytime David's daughters visited them in Atlanta... If the girls went more than 10 or 15 minutes without responding to one of Chrissy's phone calls or texts, Chrissy would call the police and say she didn't know where her children were and that she was afraid they were being hurt. Oh, my gosh. It got to the point that the police were showing up at every family event with obviously, like, no warning because Chrissy was a fucking disaster. Mm Mm-hmm. But Lonnie and David were in love, and after about a year and a half of dating, they got engaged. David gave Lonnie a ring with six diamonds around the center to represent his four children from his previous marriage and her two children from her previous marriage. Okay,
1: that's a lot of damn kids. (laughs) They seem very happy, Brian. That's a lot of damn kids. What's your limit? I don't know. There were four of us. My mom and Steve both came into the marriage with two kids, and— that was a lot of damn kids. Wow. You know what? I hope none of them listen to this no, show. No. I mean, because I'm very like, grateful to have all they of to my siblings, out. but that's a lot of damn kids.
2: And the timeline is messy here. But the bottom line is Chrissy knew that Lonnie and David were engaged. And, you know, she took it super well, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden she started dragging her feet with the divorce and she became more difficult than ever before, which is impressive because she'd set the bar so high. Right. <laughs> um, and when Lonnie and David were finally able to get married, they got married on a Thursday night, a few weeks before their like scheduled wedding. Yeah. Just because they knew they knew what Chrissy was all about. They didn't want her to ruin anything. So like when his daughters came in, you know, they already had the outfits laid out for the girls and they were like, hey, let's all go to the park. Right. So Lonnie and David got married and everything was beautiful. And at some point in all this, David got custody of his oldest daughter. He didn't have custody of the other three, but he was concerned about how they were being raised. Mm -hmm. So he decided to fight for primary custody of all of his children. This will surprise no one, but the custody battle between David and Chrissy was epic. But... Poor David didn't know that they were, like, murder for hire bad. He thought it was just, like, bad, bad. Yeah. So David was just living his life in Atlanta. He had a nice house in the suburbs. His business was successful. And Lonnie had long, flowing blonde hair. So what more could you want? And they had the type of blended family that does a lot of posed pictures on steps, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh That's a good look. Yes, That's a happy blended family right there. Did you guys do the step pictures? Uh no. We didn't have any step pictures. Well, I know the glamour shots fiasco. That, so I and I won't. Wow. Way I to bring it drive. up. <laughs> we just squeeze lemon juice into that wound. <laughs> you guys, Brandy didn't
1: get it. I to was go to promised court. glamour shots. I never received glamour shots.
2: You wanna talk about it? Still still fresh? Still pretty fresh. It's still it pretty about fresh. About twenty years ago now, right? <laughs> about that. What was the story that like by the
1: time you got your braces yeah, off? by the time I got my braces off Glamour Shots wasn't a thing anymore. <laughs> well, that's not really your mom's fault. It is my mom's
0: fault! <laughs> I don't think
1: we can blame her for that. It is my mom's fault!
2: <laughs> she went to that Glamour Shots in Oak Park mall and she said, you go on again, get! Get out of here! No one wants this anymore. <clears throat> <laughs> So, but meanwhile, back in Eastlake, uh, David's nutty ex-wife and her ex-father-in-law were plotting his murder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you believe this? No. And the police in Ace- Eastlake were pumped. They were like, hell yeah, it's time for some undercover work. But before they could put on their fake mustaches and trench coats, they called the police in Georgia, and they were like, Hey, um, could you check on David Meter? Um, don't let him know you're there, and definitely don't let him know that someone has taken a hit out on him. But could you boys just check and make sure he's still breathing? So Georgia police drove to David's nice house, and they parked in his nice neighborhood, and they watched him be alive, and they didn't say shit to him. Yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, the police back in Eastlake did some vocal exercises and improv-ing to prepare for their biggest roles yet. Detective Christopher Bowerstock was cast as the leading man. Mm. He would play Vincent, A.K.A. Vince, a tough, cool guy who wore black leather jackets and had connections to the mob. Oh no! Yes, Brandon. too complicated.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it would be the performance of his career, okay. Brandy. Looking back on the experience, he recalled that he had to change, quote, how he acted, talked, everything. You know, like you do when you're undercover. (laughs) (laughs) So Pat and Vince were now the dream team, taking care of all your hitman needs in East Lake, Ohio. Population like (laughs) 18,000, so hopefully they weren't too busy. At this point, the whole goal of the investigation was to build up evidence against Chrissy and Al. For their first step, Pat called up Chrissy on Skype, and he was like, "Oh, I've got just the guy for you. His name is Vince, and he's going to kill your ex-husband, just like you asked. And Chrissy said a ton of incriminating stuff because she had no idea she was being recorded. Yeah. And afterward, Pat was like, What an idiot. And then he handed the recording over to the police, and the police were like, Pat, you there's never no- hit recording. <laughs> <laughs> no! I'd love to be shady about that. But how many times have we (laughs) done it Too many times on this podcast. Too many times I've pulled a Pat (laughs) and gotten you to say a ton of incriminating stuff (sighs) and then didn't record any of it. But Pat was no quitter. The next day he called again and this time he hit record like a genius. And he tried to get Chrissy to say a bunch of incriminating shit all over again. And he was like, this isn't hypothetical. This is real. And by the way, Vince wants to meet your dad. (laughs) P.S. Chrissy, it's totally normal that two hitmen want to chat constantly and have a bunch of face-to-face meetings about a murder-for-hire plot. Please don't second-guess
1: any of this. It's not weird at all. Okay. Except it is. I mean, shouldn't that be a red flag? I would think so. Hmm. I mean, clearly Chrissy's head wasn't in the game. (laughs) And Chrissy was like, no worries,
2: I'm an idiot. This all sounds great. So my dad will meet up with you and Vince, no problem. But before Al and Pat and Vince could meet up, Pat called Al up on the phone to talk about Vince. Pat was like, this guy Vince, he's done this before, Al. He spent time in prison in California. Put it this way, this dude scares the piss out of me. Then they talked money. Because Detective Bowerstock... Okay, Vince, wanted some money up front. Pal told Al that Vince, Pat told, (laughs) Pal Pat told, this is too complicated. Are we even hitting record here? (laughs) He said that Vince wanted somewhere between two grand and three grand. And he was like, will that be a problem? And Al was like, a little bit. And Pat was like, well, how much could you get tomorrow? Which, again, I feel like, surely Pat, I mean, hitmen don't, like, yeah take your bottom dollar for this kind of <laughs> job. But anyway, anyway, who am I to criticize? And Al was like, mm, I could probably get 3000 if I had to. So the next day, the three of them met up inside Vince's car in an empty parking lot. And the car was rigged up with cameras and Detective Bowerstock had gone full method acting for his role. Oh, no. Vince had his goatee on point, plus a lovely Harley Davidson shirt and jeans, you know, hitman clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so Pat made the introduction and skidaddled, leaving Al and Vince alone in the car. And Vince was like, So what's going on here? And Al said that David had divorced his daughter and was pulling some real shit on her. He took one kid and he's threatening to take the rest of them. And Vince was a hit man with a conscience because he said, this is the father of your grandchildren, you understand? And Al said, yes, I understand. Fully. More so than you think. More so than you think? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means exactly. (laughs) Like, I
1: really get it. I really get it. (laughs)
2: Vince said, What made you think of killing this guy? And Al said, What made me? Why not is the only answer I have. He's such a scumbag. And with that, they wrapped things up. Al handed over the money, said, You've got the money. God bless. Have fun. And that is what we sports fans call a slam dunk, a touchdown. A home run? A goal! (laughs) I lived in Mexico as a kid. Um, (laughs) People are going to think that's a weird joke, but that's the truth anyway. (laughs) So they had Al on tape, but they needed more. They'd seen Dateline. They knew there was a formula you follow when you're doing a murder-for-hire sting. What's that? haven't you listened to enough of my episodes, you know? It's like, first you get it all on Uh tape, and you ask the question, like, hey, man, are you sure you really want to do this? And you get them saying, yes, I'm for sure. And then, like, well, I'm just going to let it unfold, Brandy, so you're surprised. Okay, all right, all right. So at this point, not a minute too soon, investigators decided to reach out to David. So they showed (gasps) up. What?
1: So he can play dead? That's exactly (laughs) it. Yes, (laughs) that's it. I do. do. I'm familiar with the formula. You can tell. (laughs) There's, like, a police textbook. And, like,
2: if you watch enough Dateline, you know what the textbook is. Okay. Yes. So they showed up at his house in Georgia. But Lonnie was the one who answered the door. And she was like, "Uh, David's not here. He's out of town on business. He's in Florida. And they were like, yikes. We need to talk to him stat. And they told her the whole story. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Here's kind of the wild thing. She was actually. So, first of all, she was not super surprised. Wow. But she was very relieved because she was like, they finally caught her (gasps) because Chrissy was a mess. Yeah. And yet there was a level of fear, but also relief. Yeah. Yeah. So Lonnie called David, and he was like, I mean, the poor guy was just, like, getting out of a conference, a meeting, and he's like, holy fuck, my ex-wife is nuts. By this, he did not say fuck. They're church-going folks. First date, Panera and church. Anyway, I mean, you know, people know I'm (laughs) making stuff up here. But anyway, (laughs) by this point, police got on the phone with David, and they were like, work work with us, buddy. Your ex-wife and father-in-law think that you're being murdered right now, and we're going to need your help to pull this off. Could you please... Take some photos of yourself looking dead. We want basically headshots because we want to Photoshop a bullet wound into oh your head. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. So David laid down on the floor of his Florida hotel room. Oh okay, cut that's grim. I know, I took some really I mean, I'm it's funny, but it's not funny. No. These really hilarious selfies shot at a very unflattering angle. And he's trying to look dead. So he's kind of like looking. Oh, no. (laughs) And then he sent them off to the police. And time was of the essence because Vince was supposed to meet up with Chrissy and Al in a few hours to show them the picture of David being 100% dead. And he needed that picture right away. So one of the crime intelligence analysts pulled up one of the photos in Photoshop. (laughs) And it's important to note that they didn't have much time to do this job, okay? Okay. And they were doing their very best, uh-huh. and it's a real A for effort situation here. But OMG, it looked like Microsoft Paint. Oh no! Do you have a picture of it for us? Uh, so hang on, I'm going to show you the picture, <laughs> and then when you do the uh, the collage for the episode, I will use. Please, inc- I will use.
1: <laughs> cause this is hilarious. <laughs> okay.
2: I'm sorry, I snorted. Hang on. Let me see if I can find this, and I'm going to show you my computer. Okay, David. Mm -hmm. You are truly not going to believe this. No. Yep. Yep. No. Can you describe what you're seeing?
1: You guys. (laughs) Ladies, gentlemen, this is terrible. (laughs) So I, it's I don't like, even know. It's yeah. It's like there's it's, like a, a a bullet hole, and then there's the trickle of
2: blood, and the blood is pixelated, which I don't know. Um, blood is usually not pixelated. I, I think I think it's not usually. <laughs> My period's a real mess. <laughs> All these little squares everywhere. <laughs> so it was terrible. It was this photoshopped image that should not fool anyone, but they ran with it anyway. By this point, the meeting time was drawing near, and Pat got a phone call. Chrissy didn't want to meet up. So Pat was like, Vince is a very scary dude. He wears Harley Davidson t-shirts and jeans. I would not mess with this guy (laughs) if I were you. You better show up. And so she was like, okay, fine. And she showed up at the meeting. Once again, they got into Vince's car. And, of course, Vince did the totally normal hit guy thing that all hit guys do. Hit men. What did I... Did I call him a hit guy? You did? <laughs> it's a new name. Okay. It's for the more casual yeah. hitman man. <laughs> the
1: ones who wear Harley Davidson right. and, and jeans. jeans.
2: And jeans. They keep it casual. Yeah. They've got sneaks on too <laughs> for sneaking. <laughs> and so he talks to Chrissy and he's like, He's the father of your kids. Why did you want to do this? And Chrissy said, He beat me, he beat the kids. And eventually, Al gets sick of this hitman with a conscience bullshit because he knows there's a photo he's supposed to see. And he's like, just let me see it. So Vince showed Al the photo for all of two seconds. And I think it helps that Al was like 76. And then... Al showed Vince the insurance policy worth one point five million.
1: Well yeah, what was he like did they make sure that Al was looking at it like without his readers on? Like <laughs> Well they say really
2: old people are bad at spotting Photoshop. Yeah. I mean and they better have been praying for that. And I noticed like so you can only do the audio on this, or at least I only heard the audio. And it seemed like You know, Vince showed him the image for like two seconds and then didn't want to show it to Chrissy. Uh Uh-huh. So,
1: you know. All right.
2: As you wouldn't because the image is nuts. Yeah. And pretty quickly after that, OMG, out of absolutely nowhere, the screech of sirens filled the air. (laughs) Oh, no. Police cars surrounded them. Vince, the hitman, was filled with rage. I will now read you a transcript from that moment. Vince. Who the fuck is this? Chrissy, I don't know. Vince, what did you guys do? Chrissy, we did nothing. Vince, did you set me up? Al, no, no, no. Vince, did you fucking set me up? Chrissy, no. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, bitches, I set you up. (laughs) And at this point, police surrounded the car, and they were like, get out, get on the ground! <laughs> and then they bent down and whispered in Vince's ear, you're doing a great job, buddy. We're all so proud. <laughs> we think you could be on Broadway. <laughs> but then they remembered that they had to act, too. And so they were like, on your knees, scumbag! <laughs> and they arrested Al, Chrissy, and Vince. Uh-huh. But, you know, they had yeah. their fingers crossed when they did the <laughs> arrest <for> Vince. <laughs> and they were brought into the station and questioned, and Al and Chrissy were like, oh, What? I don't I don't understand. I'm new to this country. I'm just an innocent little thing, huh? They played so dumb and it was just like Oh goodness. Yeah. And Chrissy was like, so I, I don't understand. It's like, is David really dead? I don't even know. And mm. the officer was like, I'm not privileged to tell you. <laughs> Seven months later, Chrissy was on trial. The prosecution had a case that we in the true crime biz call a slam dunk. <laughs>
1: I, I, won't, I a, won't do the whole thing. I thought, yeah. And then it was a goal.
2: <laughs> that is the
1: best. That is the best.
2: Soccer should be more popular in this country. No.
1: Because, because it, it should. It is, it's a 90-minute game that ends in a 0-0 tie. It's action-packed, no. Brandy. It's action-packed no. the whole time. It's always no. moving. Always moving. No. Brandy, that's just a fact. No, it's I can't commit to anything that's going to go on for 90 minutes and possibly end in a 0-0 tie. That's
2: pretty rare, though. It's not that rare. Even then, it's a pretty exciting game. (laughs) It's not. It's pretty exciting. No. Hmm. All right. Brandy's more of a badminton
1: person. Very into Badminton.
2: So, you know, they had Pat as the fabulous informant whose little Facebook joke got him in all this hot water and all the recordings from those damning conversations. And they had Detective Bowerstruck, who'd played the role of Vince to much critical acclaim, in my opinion. And the prosecution had a truckload of evidence. But they also had motive. They said that with David dead, Chrissy got everything she wanted. She'd get his insurance money and she'd get full custody of their daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe David testified about his and Chrissy's custody battle. He said that he'd fought for primary custody out of concern for his children. Leading up to their divorce, he found out that his 13-year-old had missed 30 days of school in a single school year. Wow. Yeah. And that Chrissy had called police on their 16-year-old 10 times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He basically wanted to get his kids out of a terrible environment. Things had gotten so bad with the 16-year-old, who was the oldest, that one time she was supposed to get on a plane and fly back to her mom's, and the girl just refused. And David was able to get custody of her, and of course he was trying to get custody of the other three. Mm -hmm. And that infuriated Chrissy because she was such a good mom. Mm -hmm. But um, according to Chrissy's defense, that was all a big mix-up. Chrissy's defense was that This was all her father's doing. You see, he snooped in her unsecured laptop. And that's how he saw that Facebook conversation between Pat and Chrissy. And Al saw that joke that Pat made about hiring a hitman. And Al was like, what a great idea. And he masterminded the whole thing. Chrissy wanted nothing to do with this mess. Brandy, wipe that smirk off your face. And in fact, Chrissy felt so strongly about this whole thing that she testified in her own defense. Oh,
1: no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I would
2: like to pause here. Oh. And say that everyone deserves a good defense, but there's no defending how this woman's hair looked in court. <laughs> I do have a picture to share with okay. you. Okay, uh, Chrissy has very long hair, almost boob length hair, uh-huh. which is a term we should use, right? Should yeah. We say shoulder length, we say chin length. Why not boob length? Yeah. But anyway, that day, she must have been a little pressed for time. What? People typically say bra length. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, that's a much classier way, I guess.
1: It is. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But you don't say top of your t shirt length. <laughs> you say <laughs> collarbone length. Oh, do they say collarbone? Yeah. And not shoulder? I mean, I'm Yeah, aren't shoulders sh- are two different lengths. Well, I mean, not shoulder, by, like, link, yeah, mm, shoulder mm, length. Shoulder mm, length and collarbone mm, length different lengths. Hibbit, hibbit, hibbit. Am I shoulder? No, you're collarbone. <laughs> You guys, that was me trying to get my hair down (laughs) further. Anyway, I want you to envision this just in your head and then I'll show you the photo. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm ready. So she's got a lot of hair. Okay. Boob length, bra length, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The very top section of her hair Mm -hmm. was in ringlet curls. And all of the rest underneath it was just kind of like (laughs) naturally wavy and the ringlets had been released on top of mm. the waves. Okay. It really it really looked like I'm going to do my whole hair in ringlets. Oh shit, what time is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me see if I can find this picture that I took.
1: Oh no. Yep. What? Yep. What? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are going to have to be the two pictures. <laughs> We're going to include both of those <laughs> in the collage. <laughs> yes. Oh
2: my gosh. It's funny, I feel like I don't normally talk a ton about the hair and that, stuff. But I can't believe I mean,
1: that somebody's, like, real hairdo.
2: <laughs> I, again, I want to defend her. Just I mean, it's weird to defend her. At her sentencing, her hair looked much better. Okay. Um, I really think this was just an unfortunate, oh, my gosh, I have to testify in court today. I don't know what I'm doing.
1: My okay. hair is a
2: reflection of that.
1: <laughs> Bless this mess. <laughs> oh, no.
2: Okay. So Chrissy took the stand in her own defense and said that she was innocent. She'd been doing her father's bidding. She hadn't even wanted to go to that meeting with the hitman. Pat Sabo had pressured her, and she was intimidated. She only sounded guilty in that meeting with Vince because she was so scared. She played along with Vince because she was afraid he would show up at her door and do something to her or her kids. Hmm. She never wanted David to be killed, Although he did abuse her and abuse the kids and commit a shit ton of adultery.
1: Okay.
2: And he was also responsible for that terrible hairdo.
1: (laughs) Just pile it all on Can you imagine? She was like,
2: also, I hate my hair and David's responsible. (laughs) But the jury deliberated for a few hours and they found her guilty. guilty. At her sentencing, David, I mean, oh my God, he did an amazing job. Uh, he got up. He didn't have a statement prepared mm-hmm. because he said, I didn't think I'd be able to read a statement today, but I do want to talk. And he said that Chrissy had been a good mom at one point in time. Like, mm-hmm. he was very generous to her, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: he said that in the previous two years, their children had suffered tremendously. Yeah, Their physical health had suffered. They'd suffered emotionally. They'd suffered academically. And now that they were away from that situation with Chrissy – All of the girls were doing so much better. They were flourishing. Yeah. He told the judge he wanted Chrissy to receive the maximum sentence, which was 10 years. Yeah. Not because he hated his ex-wife, but because he loved his kids. Mm -hmm. He wanted what was best for his kids. He said 10 years would allow them to get more time away from that toxicity. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. And it would allow them to get into adulthood by the time Chrissy got out of prison. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they had a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and two 8-year-old twins. Mm -hmm. Chrissy's defense attorney, Michael Lear, asked the judge to put Chrissy on probation or house arrest. I, yeah. Fuck off! I mean, really reaching for the stars there. Yeah. And reiterated that this was all Al's fault. He said, instead of being a supportive father emotionally to his daughter, he... For whatever reason, let his anger and his hatred of David Meter drive him to commit these events, and Christine Meter was sucked into this. Okay. Chrissy also addressed the judge, letting him know that she'd been a Girl Scout leader, a soccer coach, and a PTA room mother. So maybe we should all be real cool about this murder-for-hire business. No. <laughs> Judge Eugene Lucci was sassy as hell, and he was like, mm, you've had a long list of job titles, and you can add another one to your resume. Convicted felon. Woo! Woo! He said he was appalled by Chrissy's lack of remorse. He said, this was committed as a, not necessarily for the money, this was done more as revenge for David Meter's persistence in looking out for his daughters. He then sentenced Chrissy to 10 years. The maximum under the law.
1: That seems like not enough.
2: I agree.
1: <laughs> I agree. I was like, that's, that's the, the maximum?
2: Ma- yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I think everyone's lucky that they reached out to Pat. Yeah. My God. That same week, Chrissy's dad, Al, pled guilty and was sentenced to nine years in prison. He died after five years in prison. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they tried to get him to do some kind of plea deal. But yeah. after the trial, Lonnie adopted all four of David's daughters, and they now call her mom. Mm-hmm. And they appear to be living a pretty normal life. Pat Sabo says it does his heart good to see that Lonnie adopted the four girls. He says he knows he did the right thing by coming forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But how's Chrissy doing? Well, in a statement at Dateline, she said, I was very wrong in my actions, and I'm paying dearly. Anyone who has been through a divorce that never ends can understand I was at the end of my rope.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Now, it obviously goes on longer than that, but... No. Nope. No, I don't think anyone who's been through a bad divorce... No. ...understands, oh, yeah, we'll just... Yeah, we'll just... Uh, ...murder him. Okay. And, um... You know it's it's 2021, and you should know that Chrissy is scheduled to be released this year.
1: Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Wow! Yep. And that's the story of a little Facebook joke. Woo. That was good. That's like your favorite kind of case. It
2: is my favorite kind of case. <laughs> I love murder for hires that. And with no one getting hurt. Yeah. Because it's always something stupid and yeah. hilarious. Yeah. We all have a great laugh the whole time. <laughs> and the people who get caught are always so stunned. Yes. My only criticism is they didn't show us like the the video footage from inside the car. Oh Cause, yeah. Because I wanna know what Al wore. <laughs>
1: That's what you're missing. I feel like
2: I'm missing a lot. Like, when what would you wear to meet a hit man, or a hit dude, or a hit guy? Hit guy, I have no idea. Probably black. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always wearing black. Yeah, so be, are, Yeah. What if you showed up in a Hawaiian
1: shirt? Well, that'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to throw everyone unless off? we were meeting at like a Jimmy Buffett concert, and that's how I was gonna blend in. Honestly, if you were
2: trying to not be recognized, if like there was a faraway shot and I saw like you but you were in a like a Trader Joe's Hawaiian shirt I'd be like that can't be Brandy. It's not her. No. That is actually not a bad idea. That's my tip for you. Not also right. if the hitman's like hey Brandy let's talk this over a whole bunch and I want to <laughs> know all kinds of details on why you're doing this and you know you think that's not the way to I go? I don't want a ton of money up front but you know I'm I'm willing to work on like a payment plan or something <laughs> they also okay I didn't write this part down But, you know, in some insurance policies, if it's like an accidental death or a whoopsie surprise, you
1: get a double payout. It's called the whoopsie surprise clause.
2: (laughs) And apparently, if you're a hitman and Uh if you know what you're talking about, you will ask if there's the whoopsie surprise clause. (laughs) And so, like, Vince, you know, asked them about that clause because it would mean he'd make double, which, for all you math nerds, $100,000 Anyway, that's just another tidbit for you. Fun fact Mm -hmm. to wrap it up. Whoopsie surprise. Whoopsie surprise (laughs) clause. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's good. I enjoyed that very much. Nobody got hurt.
2: God, Chrissy sounds like a nightmare. Uh,
1: Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah.
2: Poor Lonnie and David and the kids. I hope they're all doing great. I hope they're
1: doing great. I hope they are doing great.
0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: You want to hit some uh, questions from the Discord?
2: Boy, do I. But how do we... How do we get to
1: there? What are you talking about? To access the Discord, all you have to do is join our Patreon at the $5 level or higher. You get on in there. It's like a chat room. There are a bunch of people in there, always chitty chat, chatting. (laughs) That's what the kids are saying these days. Uh Chitty chat, chatting. Yeah. It's all over TikTok. Do you remember Chat and Chew? Yes. Yes. Did you do Chat and Chew?
2: I feel like, I know you did. Oh, I did. I didn't like the name. I did Chat and Chew. Isn't that where, like, you would take um, your sack lunch to uh-huh. the librarian and you'd talk about a book? Well, you wouldn't take it to the librarian. <laughs> well, wouldn't you, like, meet up with a librarian and, like, you know, am so I making having, this up? No. The, the
1: librarian was not involved. I thought that the librarian, like, ran no, Chat I just, and like, Shoe. Took, no, it was like a room mom ran Chat and Shoe. Okay, is that so ridiculous <laughs> to think just, that the librarian ran it oh, instead oh, of the room mean, mom? Like I was having lunch with the librarian just chatting about a book. Well, wouldn't she be pretty damn qualified? I don't understand why that would be so It was terrible. like a kid's book club. And like yeah. once a month, you had lunch in the library. Sans library. <laughs> okay, Brandy, you are being
2: ridiculous for laughing about that. <laughs> that is not ridiculous to think that the librarian ran you're,
1: that. You're right. But I, that was fun. Comical. Uh-huh. You're like, uh-huh. oh, is that where you had lunch with the librarian? Like I was just in there hanging out with Penny Palmer. I was trying to remember her name. <laughs> Independence Palmer. Huh? Her name was Independence Palmer, and she went by Penny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I I remember her hair. Yes,
1: she this had is, very distinct
2: hair. This is the the hair episode. She had a perm. Oh yeah, and that thing was always just.
1: Just so. Yeah. And I, she wore the sides mm-hmm. back. Swooped. Yes. With combs. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've always liked those combs. I, I wish do, they I would come don't know. back. I, okay. Legitimately, mm-hmm. I w- wonder how people get them to work in
2: their hair. I feel like you've got to have just you the have right You have to have texture. the right hair. Yeah. And it, it might help if your hair is a little dirty. Yeah, oh, really. yeah. For sure. Yeah. because oh, like sure help. That's just going to slide out. Uh, yeah. Like Slick Willie style.
1: Slick Willie.
2: No, 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 no. oh my goodness
1: anyway how'd we get here (laughs) Ooh, thoughts on the Hilaria Hillary Baldwin scandal? Have
2: you been following this at all? Okay, I looked into it a little. It seems very strange it to me. It is
1: super strange. Okay, Alec Baldwin's wife, mm-hmm. Hilaria Baldwin, mm-hmm. has a claim to always be from Spain. Mm-hmm. She has... An accent? W- accent that comes and goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, her, their children have Spanish names. Uh-huh. Turns out her name is like Hillary Thomas. She's... She grew up in Boston. Yes, she's from. She's um, um, was born in America. Yeah, her parents have ties to Spain, but I'm not even sure they were born in Spain. It's very weird, and I have
2: a rough opinion that I know will be unpopular, and we'll see if we cut it. What's anyway. that? Well, okay, I feel like a lot of this kicked off because she posted that photo of herself with her infant. I don't know how old, yeah. but it, like, it's a beautiful picture of yeah. her like in the bathroom. She's in lingerie. Uh-huh. Obviously, she has this amazing body. Yeah, and she's told... had five damn kids. Yeah, I mean, truly yeah. good for her. God yeah. bless. Amy Schumer made a joke and retweeted that photo and was like, oh, a happy holidays from me and Jean. And then Amy Schumer had to uh, like apologize yeah. because it was seen as body shaming. Mm-hmm. And Hilaria... I think from what I read, got a little on her high horse Uh and was like, you know, body inclusivity includes me, too, blah, 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 blah. I think that if you have a traditionally attractive body, which means very thin for women. Yeah. Shut the fuck up about body inclusivity and body. I mean, in my opinion, that is like when white people complain about reverse racism yeah which is not a thing yeah and i understand that occasionally skinny people get told eat
1: a cheeseburger yeah
2: that's not real oppression that's it's, yeah it's not the same as fat shaming no it's or not the same all of the
1: things that obese people carry around so the judgment. Like, yes shut the fuck up
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get some letters
1: <laughs> we'll get some letters <laughs> am i off pace No, I don't think so. I I just
2: read her response and I was like,
1: mm. Yeah. mm." Yeah.
2: Gwyn Elaine 96 said, the button off my pants broke at work. So my pants are being held up by a rubber band. What's the worst clothing mishap you've ever had?
1: Ooh.
2: I've got one. You do? Yeah. It was several years ago. I got this long skirt from Target. I thought it was really beautiful. It had kind of like a, a slit kind of up the front. With And it was a really drapey thing. Yeah. So, like, it didn't really show anything above, like, yeah. you know, the knees, but flowy, whatever. Yeah. So I'd been wearing it all day and, like, I kind of noticed, like, man, this thing's kind of more sheer than I realized. Uh-huh. Was there, like, a lining that had bunched up? No, but, I mean, Target stuff is notorious for being sheer when it shouldn't yes. be. So, like, that's the thing. No, I realized... I think this is supposed to be a swimsuit (laughs) (laughs) cover-up. And I couldn't do anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my, I feel like that's my big, yeah, that's my big uh, wardrobe mishap right there. And then it's like, well, I've got to stay behind the desk all day. That's right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, I... I'm a big fan of wrap dresses. They fit my body well cuz I'm yeah. oddly shaped and so Raina, you're not oddly shaped. I am. So, she's <laughs> she's a trapezoid.
0: I'm like <laughs> what would be
1: so I used to wear them when I was a district manager. I wore dresses like every day yeah, for yeah. work, and so I'd wear a lot of wrap dresses. Well, one day was particularly windy, oh, and no. so I had this wrap dress on, and like I was, I would travel between stores and just uh-huh. do like drop-in visits. So every time, like I didn't oh. realize how much of a mistake yeah. I was wearing that dress until I got out of my car, yeah, stood up, and my dress just flew right up. In Okay, you're reminding me of
2: another wardrobe (laughs) in this hat that I have had. I had this really cute skirt back in the day when I was a reporter. And it was kind of flowy. And yeah, one day I wore it. And sure enough, gust of wind comes, blows it up. It was, of course, it happened in front of coworkers who were standing outside smoking. Yeah, And one of the guys was, oh, I could not stand this guy. Didn't like him. Yeah, And he said to me, later when he came up like i was still embarrassed yeah he comes up to me he goes yeah um maybe you shouldn't wear a skirt on a windy day
1: fuck off
2: yeah he was mm, okay i'm gonna say this more <laughs> we'll see how much of this whole episode gets cut anyway he was a total dick to me yeah for years and a total dick to norm and like Three or four years ago, he reached out on Facebook and was like, oh, I just want you to know how cool I think it is that you guys are doing like gaming historian stuff and blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck off. Fuck you. off. You didn't know me. when You didn't like me when you knew, knew me. Yeah. And you like Don't me now. Don't pretend to know me now. Bitch. <laughs>
1: uh-uh. No. Bye. <laughs> Ooh. Sticky situation. Ask who's your favorite Animal Crossing villager. So we have Judy, oh uh, who is my favorite. I love her. Um, David's sister, Caitlin. Has, I think his name is Lucky and he's a mummy dog. I'd really like to get him, but I'll be satisfied with my Judy for now. Kristen, did you fall asleep while I answered that? I did. I fell (laughs) totally asleep. Uh.
2: (laughs) My name is Kristen says, do you believe that there is such a thing as cheesy jewelry? Yes, I do. And I love it. Um, My grandmother who died a couple years ago had like the wildest collection of earrings I have dice earrings. I have um, earrings that look like giant tooth, like giant guitar picks that Ooh. have paint splatters on them. Kyla took some lovely Chiefs
1: helmet heads that she wears. Brandi does Brandy's not look jealous. They sound amazing. They are pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, so I am pretty jealous. I have very sensitive ears, so I can only wear, like, the standard. Like, they have to have a surgical steel post or my mm. ears burn off.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: skeptical, Brandy.
2: Why? I don't know. I don't see you wearing a lot of cheesy
1: stuff. Mm, I'd, so wear like, I'd wear, like, one, like, statement pair of earrings. I would. Hmm. I would. Okay. I used to have some, like, um, wacky Christmas earrings. What? Describe them. Please. I had some that had jingle bells on them. Uh-huh. It was, like, a, you know, just, like, a dangly, like, jingle yeah, bell. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm really looking to blow the roof nah, off I with the ha- cheesiness yeah. here. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't
2: take it to that level. Uh Oh, my God. Grazing is Stealing wants to know Sweet Valley or Babysitter's Club? Which character was your favorite from whichever series you preferred?
1: Did you? Oh. Okay, so I I watched. You read Babysitter's Club? I read Babysitter's Club Little Sister. Oh. It was like. What were you, some kind of baby? (laughs) I I was pretty young when I read those. (laughs) I just remember because I think the main girl's name was maybe. Karen I think mm-hmm. and it started out that her parents were divorced so she had two bedrooms and at each bedroom she had two one set of the stuff and like that's how every one of those books yeah. started and yeah. like that made me feel like I related to the book because I yeah. was young and my parents had gotten divorced and yeah yeah so I liked those you've always been like a young
2: Karen <laughs> <laughs> um I loved Sweet Valley.
1: Casey and, read Sweet Valley. Oh, she loved Sweet Valley. Well,
2: Sweet Valley's—I mean, I don't know if she ever read the Sweet Valley High, but that was steamy. Was
1: it steamy? Yes, it was, it was like kid, like like teen romance. Okay, I thought you were about to say kid porn. No,
2: no it's like. <laughs> but I, those books—I mean, they were very formulaic. They always yeah. had like the first couple pages were like explaining. Oh, yeah. we are twins. Jessica's
1: wild. Elizabeth reads books. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so when I was to the age that I would have been reading those, Mm -hmm. I read the Fear Street books. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The R.L. Stein, Fear Street, The Cheerleaders. You did did
2: Goosebumps. Oh, yeah.
1: You were on the edge. Very edgy. Did you do Animorphs? often say that, no, I didn't read those. Mm -hmm. Those were weird to me. Those were for boys. Yeah, I think they were for boys. Mm -hmm. They seemed like they were for boys. That's so funny. I mean, they weren't,
2: but. Yeah, you had to put your dick on the cover to open (laughs) the book.
1: Stop it. No. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I hear. Um, I heard that they're making a Fear Street show for Netflix. Mm. I watch the shit out of that. Okay, okay. Adjusted for inflation asks, have you been surprised by the trend of people on Discord changing their screen names to fan fave catchphrases from the show? Yes, and oh, I, I, love, love it. it. I love it. It's I so love sweet. it
2: so much. Yes. Um, one, and they ask like, what are some, of, some your of your favorites? favorites? So there are a lot that I love. One that just popped into the Discord recently that made me laugh out loud. Patty, cut that. Yes. Because <laughs> there are certain things that, you know, we say all the time and we don't really think about. Yes. Gina wants to know, is DP still Kristen's house guest? Has he tried to jump in on an episode yet? Um, for Did we talk about it on the Patreon episode or have I'm we not, talked about it on a regular episode? I'm not episode? sure. I'm not sure. Okay recapping well no this is just like the start of any sweet valley high book where yes. we have to recap some things yes. for you to know um my parents are living with us right now because someone crashed into their rv things are going great my mom is accomplishing everything <laughs> she has okay polished all the woodwork yeah um cleaned the shit out of my pots yeah. that I didn't even know were that dirty yeah. but you know you evident- show me
1: what she did to your plates.
2: Oh my gosh yeah she baking soda my plates to get out scratches she um, like touched up the woodwork with some paint. My father um, <laughs> <laughs> listened in on one of Norman's phone calls and then critiqued him afterward and I had to say hey dad you know maybe we we pretend not to listen to each other's phone calls you know so you know dp's being dp <laughs> is, yeah it's a very dp time <laughs> no but we love having them here they've been fun yeah it's nice to have I see i bet that's a really around. nice thing yeah yes. just to have yeah yeah social time because yeah. norman and i like god with this pandemic first of all we didn't get out much anyway
1: to begin with yeah. but now and it's been like oh my gosh it's been almost a fucking year i know i know i can't wait to get my vaccine i'll tell you what uh, yeah, I'm like ready for them to tell me. It's like the public can have it. No
2: kidding. I'm wondering when that will be. Uh, me too.
1: And at what point
2: we'll reach, you know, herd immunity or whatever, yeah. and we can all, you know, live our yeah. best
1: lives. Yeah. Who? <sighs> Hopefully, it's not that far into the future. Ooh, Grazing is Stealing asks, favorite 80s, 90s TGIF show that you have rewatched on Hulu since they've added them? Okay, so I used to love TGIF. I loved... Yeah, we both did. Boy Meets World, uh-huh. watched the shit out of that. Oh, Topanga. Yeah. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, I also loved Snick Saturday Nights on Nickelodeon. Okay. Okay, my favorite, which I, I don't think that this is available anywhere, and maybe somebody can tell me that I'm wrong. Are You Afraid of the Dark? I want to rewatch that no, so bad. No, too scary. Did you think it was scary? Yes, I thought it was scary. I mean, scary. I thought it was scary as a, as a kid. Yeah, it was kid scary. Well, I didn't like to be spooked. I know. Still don't like still to be spooked. Yeah, you still don't. Not, you, not on into the other the hand. Scaries. You're not into the scary mm-hmm. <laughs> uh bob moss for life asks do you have a meal tradition for new year's day lots of people do like black eyed peas and stuff for luck do you guys no do you? i, I always, don't either i always feel so lame it's never know, been a holiday I, that like and like either. sometimes we
2: have plans sometimes we don't yeah sometimes i feel like I this not, year you're thrown, I like a
1: giant rager oh for sure <laughs> for sure <laughs> no
2: no um, did you see the footage of the mega church holding a Christmas Eve service? Yes. What the hell is wrong with people?
1: Because God protects them, Kristen. Hmm. God protects them from COVID.
2: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Kind of an arrogant take. It sure is. All uh, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Should we end right. on a more positive note? Got, we got a better one than that to wrap it up. <laughs> Oh, I I do want to answer this because I feel like it's becoming a thing. Megan1023 wants to know, where's episode 129? So we've had a few questions like this, (laughs) thinking like there's some lost episode. I don't think it's that. I think probably we sometimes will do like an ad drop for another podcast, and those only have to stay live for a certain number of days, so so we delete those. So no, there's not some like amazing episode. secret episode no there's not
1: i think that's the one where norm died <laughs> <laughs> oh here's a fun one okay possum by night ask what's your favorite classic sitcom golden girls for me oh
2: that is a classic sitcom format yep. um
1: i love lucy yeah, for me. Love, yeah. I, love, I love lucy very good Do you catch reruns every now and again? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Same with um, black and white Andy Griffith show. Oh, yeah. 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 See, I'd always change the channel when that would come on. Nick and I. Not. Mm. Yeah, you're you're
1: not that type. Norm's not that type, too. He does not like the black and white stuff. You know, what's funny, though, Hmm. I love The Twilight Zone, which, like, almost all of them are in the black and white. So...
2: So you're a real mystery, it's is a, what yeah, that is. That's right. That's what that's right. that means.
1: I'm a complicated individual. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we
2: move on to Supreme, Supreme Court, Court inductions? inductions? This week we are reading your names and your favorite cookies. Haley Cleveland, sugar. Angela
1: Silkworth,
2: Milano's. Jasmine Jurado. sugar cookies. Exclamation
1: point. <laughs> Alicia Connor, soft baked pumpkin. Ashley Hobbs,
2: monster cookies.
1: Alisa Ricard, buttercream frosted
2: cinnamon pumpkin.
1: Ooh, that's Whoa. almost too many words. Whoa. Almost. Kate Turner, chocolate chip. Jennifer Dendelbeck. sugar cookie. Valerie Ferris,
2: oatmeal chocolate chip with coconut. Robin Lee Burton, chewy coconut oatmeal. Emily H, chocolate chip. Chelsea B, chocolate chocolate chip. Do you remember that video? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, that do <doesn't... laughs> <Huh. laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, well, anyway, I'm sorry. We're doing something else. Chocolate chip cookie dough.
1: (laughs) Megan Ray. Heath Bar Cookies from Publix. Caitlin Pond. Uh, She put a note here that it's pronounced the better pond. Oh, oh, a little sassy.
2: That's David's Sibling rivalry there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What if you (laughs) agree?
2: White chocolate macadamia nut. Jessica Snow. Extremely undercooked chocolate chip cookies Brittany Odom Chocolate crinkle cookies Amy Broadcorb, Snickerdoodles made by my daughter Tasha Lane Cheesecake cookie Oh, I didn't know that was a thing Raspberry
1: cheesecake cookie
2: Oh, I'm sorry, I missed a word. Sorry, Tasha. (laughs) Do you think her name was Tasha Lane Raspberry?
1: Well, you know, I thought we had Megan T. (laughs) Cinnamon. (laughs) Teresa Villalobos Soft chocolate chip Ariel Rosen Ranger cookies Welcome to the Supreme Court. Thank you, all of you, for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. I hope everyone had a happy holiday season and is moving on into 2021 in a positive manner. (laughs) Don't say it like that. I'm Real nervous. Just do your (laughs) best this year. Exactly. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Find us on Patreon. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned.
2: And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in
1: my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank
2: you to the real expert. Oh no, I didn't add my sources. (laughs) Hold please. (laughs) That's very impressive. Thank you. This week we got we're gonna be real casual, Vince the Hitman style. Eastlake Conspiracy episode of Dateline, articles from Oxygen.com from their episode, um, I believe it was called uh, Murder for Hire. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh Uh-huh. And also, articles from Patch.com
1: and the News Herald. I got my info from an article for Mental Floss by Matt Soniak as well as articles for the Chicago Tribune, the Windsor Star, the Ottawa Citizen, and City News Toronto. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are course hours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.
2: Oh, oh, oh,
0: O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.
1: Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.